Disclaimer, this website does not provide medical advice. The information included, but not limited to, text, graphics, images, and other material contained on this website are the property of Center for Autism and Related Disorders, LLC, CARD, and for informational purposes only. The purpose of this website is to promote broad caregiver understanding and knowledge of various health topics. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read on this website or information provided in these webinars. and welcome to Autism Live. I don't like the new disclaimer. I love the voice, but I don't like the new disclaimer. I missed the part where it says the opinions expressed here by the host and her guests are, are, are their own and not those of the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. How does everybody else feel? I feel like that needs to go back in because that's the truth. Um, so uh, anyway, I'm Shannon Penrod. I'm so thrilled to be here with you guys this morning. And I'm so grateful for the privilege of having the opportunity to be here with you. Let's say that. Uh, I do want you to know that um, normally we have Bonnie Yates on the show with us and uh, Bonnie had a little bit of a, a family emergency this morning and uh, needed to cancel. And we wish her and her family well. And um, so, and I, you know, I, I asked a couple of other people, I said, you know, would you, would you like to be? And they were like, oh, short notice, can't do it. And so I turned to my husband and I said, I think it is time for you to come back on the show. So he's going to be joining us a little bit later on. Um, but also, I think, you know, we'll have time to answer some questions. And I think I think all in all, it will end up being I'm very excited about the show in the format that it's ending up being in, but um, interested in, in hearing what you guys have to say. So uh, I want to remind you of a couple of things as we get started. First of all, I want to say that you know, we live in interesting times, right? And um, I'm grateful for so many things this morning, uh, but we'll see how this works out because uh, during the live show on Friday, one of my neighbors decided to start a construction project. I don't know if you could hear it, but all of a sudden it sounded like someone was hammering in my little studio here, my makeshift studio. And I was like, what on earth? Because my neighborhood, usually we get a lot of bird chirping and stuff, but we, you know, we don't get a lot of construction, but, you know, things change. So, um, and then there was, I, I was petrified that there was going to be pounding during the Joanne Laura Memorial, which was on Saturday. That did not happen. I was grateful for that. Sunday, there was uh, nothing until about nine o'clock last night. And all of a sudden there was all this hammering and sawing and really loud, loud noise. And I, you know, we have this very tall fence in the backyard and I can't even tell because our, our property butts up against a bunch of, I can't even tell which neighbor it is. And it's, you know, it's COVID. I can't go knock on doors and be like, hi, are you the one hammering? So I went and I stood in the backyard and I said, uh, excuse me, neighbor who's building. And it's after dark now. It's like, quarter to 10 at this point. And I hear this. Yeah. <laughs> he knew he was going to like, he was like, yeah, I know you're going to tell me I need to stop it. Right. And I was like, can you just tell me how many days are you going to be doing construction? He goes, I don't know. And I said, well, I host a live show at 10 in the morning, Monday through Friday. I'm just wondering if you're going to be making this noise then. And he was like, well, how long is it? I said, it's just an hour. And he goes, no problem, I'll be quiet during that. So it's been quiet as could be until about three minutes ago and then the pounding started. So I don't know whether his watch broke, I, it's gonna be interesting, right? Uh, so if you hear pounding, uh, it's I'm not building anything, but you know, it's life knocking on the door. Uh, and I was so happy with how it went. I thought, 
I was like, gee, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. And he was like, no problem. So we'll see, we'll see if that holds up, right? Because uh, we live in interesting times. And heaven, I don't know, I don't know what he's building and I don't know how urgent it is. And, you know. So if you hear pounding, that's what's going on. Uh, okay. Also, um, I've got a bunch of shout outs that I have to do this morning uh, to some really incredible people. You know, um, when we all know, uh, because we're part of the autism community, that sometimes the poo hits the fan. And when it does, people reveal who they are. And I am always amazed by um, people and how they step up and show up. And a lot of people stepped up and showed up in the last few weeks. And I, I want to give a big shout out to all of them. I, I want to say a special thank you to Nancy Allspot Jackson, who revealed herself to me again in these last couple of weeks and stepped up and showed up and was an amazing friend to Joanne Lara. And of course, I want to say thank you to Charles Jenkins, who is was was and is an amazing friend of Joanne Lara's and is the president of the board of her charities, which he announced during the memorial the other day is now gonna be called the Joanne Laura Autism Foundation, which we're really excited about. Um, but I also wanna th say thank you to so many people on the board in particular, to Julie Wadeen and to Cindy uh, Kenya, who were just above and beyond. I wanna say thank, thank you to Priscilla. And Priscilla, I'm gonna slaughter your last name because I don't know that I've ever said it. Um, so I'm not going to say it, but Priscilla, you know who you are. Uh, is it Oika? I think so. Um, but uh, I want to th say thank you to all of you and a big, big thank you to Matt Asner and Nava Paskowitz-Asner, who Matt hosted, I don't know that that's the word um, for the memorial, but he's the glue that made it all work. And um, so that was amazing. I don't know if any of you tuned in. We're going to be sharing something that we that we put together um, for the memorial a little bit later on today. Uh, one of the three slideshows that we put together that was just about her charity, Autism Works Now. And, um, but Matt was the one who held it all together and, you know, did all the different things. We also want to thank Joe Montagna at Asner. Um, we want to thank Clifford Bell and um, Katrina Aguilera. Uh, we want to thank Chuck Saffler from FX Networks, um, who also spoke. We want to thank Dr. Stephen Shore, Dr. Temple Grandin, and of course, Dr. Doreen Grampichet for speaking. And if you missed this, at some point, you, you know, you, we'll let you know where you can find the recording of it. But uh, one of her students, uh, Will Judd, spoke and it tore, tore the place down. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, thank you guys all. Thank you guys for being here because you know you have propped me up through all of this. Um, we're, we're not gonna make every show about Joanne, I promise you. It's just, you know, today we're gonna talk about a couple of things and show that one video. But um, I do wanna remind you guys that this show is meant to be interactive. In fact, I'm saying hello to Amanda. And who else is with us today? Write in to the chat right now and let me know that you're here, right? And um, so, and, and that's what this show is meant for is to be interactive. We wanna hear from you. We wanna know what's going on. We wanna hear your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, just, you know, sometimes you gotta shout your feelings out into the universe to make sure that you're here, right? I, I talk about like, you know, sometimes you feel like you're floating off and you need to be tethered to the, the earth, right? And we wanna, we wanna be able to make that happen for you here. So go ahead and write into the chat now if, you, if, if you're feeling like, you know, you you want to you want to get a good tether. Uh, I'm always excited to be here with you, but I love it when we interact. So there's a bunch of ways that you can watch the show right now. You're probably watching us live on Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook Live, or on our website, which is autism-live.com. Later on, you can watch this podcast, and I hope that you will on iTunes. It's a free download, either sound only or sound and picture. It is also available on Deezer, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. So there you go. And it's free in all of those places. And I love that about what we do here. We want to be information and inspiration, and we want it to be free to those of you on the autism spectrum and that community of people that surround um, individuals on the autism spectrum with love. So um, that's 
we call that the greater autism community, the larger autism community. So the folks on the spectrum, of course, of course, of course, we welcome you and your thoughts and your feelings and questions and your concerns, but we also welcome everybody who loves you and wants to help fight for you to have the dignity, the rights, the job, the, the relationship, the um, housing that you so richly deserve. That's what we're about here. And if you wanna be a part of that too, write in and let us know what you need or how you can help to further that message. All right, uh, I always like to remind you guys at the start of the show, we have a lot of experts on the show today. That's just not gonna be the case. It's gonna be me and my husband. And I don't think, you know, we're not experts. Uh, our credentials are that we are parents. Our son was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. And that was many, 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 many moons ago. He was two and a half and he just turned 17 and he's doing remarkable and we're doing okay too. And there were times when we weren't, can I be honest? And there were times when I wasn't doing okay. There were times when he wasn't doing okay. There were times when we weren't doing okay together um, at the same time and, and together. There were times when it was really stinking rough. Um, so we're gonna be talking about that a little bit later on in the show. But normally we have experts on the show. I just don't want you to confuse us for experts because we are not. Uh, and anytime that I get a little bit like, oh, I think I know something here, my son grows and reminds me that I know nothing, <laughs> right? And I got to keep a sense of humor about that because um, the truth is, is that that's glorious, that he grows and that he has the ability to say to me, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, man, if somebody could have told me when he was two and a half that that's where we were going to get to 15 years later, I would have been like, okay, game on. We, we went ahead and were game on anyway, because we believed that that was the case, because we heard that from other parents. But that's part of why I'm here is to further that message that it is, as our good friend Lisa Ackerman says, when, when you get diagnosed with autism, it is not game over. It is game on. Lots to do, lots that can be done. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, okay, so um, I don't know why my my chat box is being very weird today. Um, it just isn't attached the way it normally is. I don't know what that's about, but it doesn't matter because we're here and we're loving being here with you guys. So on Mondays, we like to start with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. You ready for this? This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani are the experts talking about? Why is this important to me? Why is this something that I should care about? Please explain it to me. First, we give you the actual definition. I try to make fun of it because everybody has to have a hobby. And then we move on to a working definition where we try to get enough information to make a little bit of sense so that we can start to look for this. But eventually what happens is you see this in real life and you go, oh, that's what that is. I get it. And then you begin to understand why the jargon term is what it is and why it's important to you. All we're trying to do is save you five minutes and $5 on a daily basis. And uh, I think sometimes it saves you more than that, but if we can at least hit that benchmark, I'm happy. So today's term, dun, 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 differential reinforcement. Let's take a look at what our actual definition, I bet it's a doozy. Let's take a look. Differential reinforcement. It's providing reinforcement only for those responses within a response class that meet a specific criterion along some dimension or dimensions. For example, frequency, topography, duration, latency, or magnitude. And placing all other responses in the class on extinction. Yay! Now it's clear, right? If you didn't know what it was before, now you can move through your life knowing exactly nothing more than you knew before, right? I love it when jargon contains, like, because we could pull out a dictionary. Look at all these words here. Like, I don't know what a response class is. And you can't even look that up. What's a response class? Good luck. Uh, and then, you know, a specific criterion along some dimension, like, are we talking about the fifth dimension? Are we like, let the sunshine, or are we talking about like going into space? I don't even know. 
And then, then our examples make it crystal clear, right? Frequency topography. Topography, is that a map? What? Latency, magnitude. What are we talking about? An earthquake here? Um, but then the kicker, the final, like let's bring it all home and placing all other responses in the class on extinction. Hello, if I don't know what any of these words are, then I don't know what it means to have them all in one class and to put them on extinction because that sounds like dinosaurs, right? So this lovely definition, useful to someone I'm sure who has a bunch of letters after their name. Let's push it into the ocean. Let's move on to our working def definition. Because at this point, as a, you know, a lay person, I'm like, this is of no use to me. So differential reinforcement, it's being mindful and specific about what you're rewarding so that only responses that meet, oh, a BCBA got in on this, you can tell. So that only the responses that meet specific criteria are awarded, uh, are rewarded and all other responses are ignored. Okay, now I'm gonna take it down another notch without the BCBA, uh, right? And what differential reinforce, how I always think of it is, it's moving the goalpost. So it's lovely that my husband is gonna be on the show today because I love to tell this story about him and he hates it when I tell this story. He's gonna have me just like, like he's gonna be like, what are you doing? Um, so when our son, was, and in fact, my son won't like this either, but at a certain point, you're potty training your kids, right? Every single person on this planet, uh, you know, at some point, somebody tries to potty train them and let's hope that everybody can be potty trained. Hey, by the way, the, the ABA world and the BCBAs have cracked the code on this with autism. If you have a child who's not potty trained, I want you to know that if you will work with an ABA professional, they will be potty trained. It might take a little while, but they will be potty trained and not in some punitive, horrible way. They will be like, I, you know, take care of things in the bathroom myself. Um, it's, it's an amazing, I love to talk to BCBAs about potty training because they're like, oh no, we figured that one out. That's all figured out. And they pretty much can potty train anyone. They've, they've had people that were 45 years old and had not only autism, but other diagnoses as well and been able to successfully potty train them. It can happen. So keep that in mind. So our son was being potty trained. And part of the potty training is that when the person actually, you know, goes in the toilet, it needs to be a party. Like you need to reinforce them and, you know, different things reinforce different people. And um, we were always being taught that there were specific things that reinforced my son, um, but that we wanted to, while we were reinforcing for him, uh, pair it with something that we would want to be reinforcing for him down the road for other things. Because when he was little, praise meant nothing to him. What he was not interested. If you were like, yay, he didn't care. Right. So we started pairing that with some other reinforcement. And, um, you know, for us, it was like he had these Lego knights that would sit on the, the, um, the towel bar in the bathroom. And as soon as he, Peter, did something else in the toilet, he would get the Lego night, which was the thing he wanted more than anything, right? But at the same time, we would be like, yay, you did it, yay, good job. Um, so that eventually he understood, oh, they like it when I pee in the potty. I like it because my pants are dry and I get the Lego night and they're happy and praising me. And I kind of like it when they're happy and praising me. It was just like this mm, wonderful thing. Um, but we got very much into the habit of that. And um, the point here is that we're not still doing that. He's 17 years old and I have no idea when he uses the restroom. Um, but if we hadn't used differential reinforcement, we would have continued going, yay, every time he went potty, in the toilet, right? Which is crazy. So eventually, you know, we praise and praise and praise, and eventually we faded that off and put the praise onto something else. The praise was on making sure that he pulled his pants up and washed his hands appropriately and flushed the toilet. Yay, right? And then eventually it was on, you know, we just praised him for saying, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. Yay, what a good boy, right? And then eventually we just moved on to other things entirely. That's differential reinforcement, right? Moving the goalposts. And I think sometimes where we get stuck is that we keep prompting and praising the same stuff and not moving it to the next thing, right? 
because uh, we get into a habit. And so here's the funny story about my husband. We were, um, we would have clinics sometimes where we would come in um, and we would meet with the BCBA and our son would be there and all the therapists would be there and we would work through some of the, the programs and things of that nature and talk about what he was doing and have them show us stuff and teach us stuff about how to interact with our kids so that he would feel praised and loved and want to like, you know, do something that was difficult and that it was worth it, right? So, but there were, uh, you know, it was like a two hour meeting that would happen. And, you know, during the meeting, it was like, I had a hard time staying awake. I'm just going to be honest. I called it the brain tumor room that it was in. And I, you know, sometimes it was like the first time I could relax in weeks. So I had a tendency to go to sleep, but you know, my husband at some point, you know, got up during one of the meetings when we were going through this with our son and he said, excuse me, I just need to use the restroom, which was across the hall. <laughs> so we were all sitting in the clinic and we had gotten so used to the praising when somebody peed in the potty and modeling it, you know, that he got to see us going in the potty. And when we would go in the potty, we'd be like, yay, you know, daddy's peeing in the potty, mommy's peeing in the potty, right? So like that he understood that everybody did this. So we could hear my husband um, through the clinic door and the, and, and the bathroom door. We heard him in the bathroom by himself peeing in the potty going, yay. <laughs> and we just laughed hysterically. Um, and of course, you know, he, when we told him, uh, and he was like, oh my gosh, I'm just so used to that. But that's, mm, that's the kind of baby daddy I have. So differential reinforcement is moving the goalpost. So what you praise this week, right, is not what you're going to be praising a year from now. Parents will write in all the time and go, I have this ABA stuff where I reward him every time he does something like, you know, where's this going to end? Um, and where it ends is that you have a happy, well-adjusted um, individual who understands that, you know, sometimes I got to do something hard and that I can reward myself when I'm doing something hard um, and that I can make it worthwhile so that I can actually do the things that I want to do. Um, but you have to use differential reinforcement in order to get there because if you keep prompting, which is not a part of what we're talking about, but it's, you know, uh, if you keep prompting and praising the same thing, then we don't ever get the progress. So differential reinforcement means that you stop praising something you were praising before and you move on to the next thing, okay? Does that make sense? It's really important that we participate in this because it's, it's, how, it's how the arc of learning something goes, right? Um, think about what you were doing 20 years ago and what you're capable of doing now. It's vastly different, right? Um, and partially because, you know, um, you learned and you, and you grew and things kept being reinforcing for you. So differential reinforcement, we're not gonna stop reinforcing, we just move the goalposts further away. So somebody wrote in the other day about a child who um, was only saying two words. Um, they were saying, you know, more, or, or they were saying one word, they were demanding and they were requesting something and they were wanting to you know, how do you stretch it out? Well, it's differential reinforcement. That's exactly what it is. So where before, if the child wanted a cookie, all they had to do was go, right? Or point and they got the cookie, right? Now we move the goalpost. And so we don't give them the cookie anymore. We say cookie, right? So now there's two elements to it, cookie. And now we give them the, the cookie, right? And then, so now we get cookie and we, and we keep doing, you know, say cookie and they get a little bit more proficient at, and then we say to them, ask or sign for more cookie. Okay, now you've said more cookie. Um, and then we kind of make a leap to, sometimes it's just want cookie or I want, um, or I want more cookie. Some, what's fun is that the kids are like Helen Keller, that sometimes you work so hard to get cookie, right? And you work so hard to get more cookie, but when you go to suddenly, I want more cookie, please, that's when the kids like sort of get it. They're like, oh, I get it. And they can add a bunch of words, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, just absolutely fascinating. But differential reinforcement, if you keep just asking them to only say cook and give them the cookie, 
why are they going to try harder? It's hard for them. If they were able to just do this on their own, they would have. This is hard stuff and we need to reinforce it. But we also, it's like being a coach. It's like, you can do it. You can do it. We're going to move the goalpost just a little bit further away. Not so far away that you, it's unattainable, but just a little bit further. That's differential reinforcement. I love this stuff because you know why? It works. Okay, moving on. We always have a question of the day for you. So our question today is, what's your favorite song? What's the song that just like lifts you up no matter where you are, no matter when, no matter what's happening and makes you feel good, makes like has, you know, it's that, um, who's the woman that does all the, um, the, the stuff, the feng shui of stuff. And she says, if you, if it has any kind of negative with you, you've got to get rid of it. What's the song that there's nothing negative attached to? I've got to say, I've got a few um, but I love like the song, um, dancing in the moonlight, man. I don't know why it's not even from my era, but that's the song that, uh, oh, and you know what the other one I love? Cause I associate it with Jem so much precious and few, uh, that song just takes my breath away, but what's your favorite song? Uh, and you'll see why, cause we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So, um, but then right into us, I want to know. I think it says a lot about a person, like what's, what's their favorite song? So um, we always have a topic of the week and our topic this week, um, uh, it's running your own race. You know, we have, we have a couple of different series that we show here. It used to be that we showed more interstitial commercials, videos in between things um, when we weren't in this format. And there are, those things are available to you. It's like the cooking segments and um, there's a wonderful series with Nancy Allspaugh Jackson, Empowering Parents. There's a wonderful series with um, Christina Adams, Autism and Beyond. But one of the videos that Nancy did is just specifically about this, running your own race. And um, it's available in a playlist on our website, autism-live.com. You can just go and click on it. It'll show you all of them. And I love that video that Nancy did because I think that we're, for those of us, I don't know if this is everybody, but I know that this is prevalent in the autism community. I know it's prevalent among the parents in the autism community, but I also see it for the people who are on the autism spectrum that there's a lot of comparison um, that we all do, right? About, well, you know, am I doing as well as someone else? Is my child doing as well as someone else? Why can they do this and I can't do that? You know, why is that child making more progress than my child? There's a lot of comparison that happens. And I think it's just human nature but I gotta say, it doesn't really serve us, right? I, I, you know, I think of the, the tortoise and the hare all the time and that slow and steady is what gets it done. And um, I remember in the early days when, and, and my husband's gonna be in, in a minute, we, we'll talk more about this, but in the early days after our son was diagnosed, I wanted to know like where on this continuum on this spectrum is he? Because I wanted somebody to tell me, oh, he's, he's on the good end of this, right? That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted somebody to quantify it and say it's good and he's gonna be okay. He's, you know, we, we know people that we consider on the spectrum, although they have not said that they're on the spectrum, but, you know, smart, rich people. And I was like, you know, let, let him be like that, right? That's the part of the spectrum that I want him to be on. And of course, then things would present themselves to us to show to us that no, that was not quite true. Um, that in fact, when we were getting our early intervention before ABA started, and then we were notified that the other parents had asked that we be removed from the group because our child was so disruptive. It was like, ooh, you know, the other autism parents think that we don't belong because we're worse than they are and we can't contain um, behavior the way that they can. Um, but you know, we ran our own race and we ended up in a place that's, that's great, that we're thrilled and happy with. So I encourage you, you know, you're gonna compare, but while you're comparing, um, just keep moving, 
just keep moving and run, run your own race and remind yourself whenever possible that you don't have to, um, it's not going to match what other people, but that doesn't mean that you're going to end up in a place that's not good. I think that that's the message I most want you to get. So today on the show, as I mentioned, uh, my husband is, is here and is going to join us in just a second. And I'm excited about that and nervous, you know, um, but excited. And uh, we wanted to take just a minute while we get him situated. And I wanted to show you, and we may show you some of the other videos um, that we made for the Joanne Laura Memorial, but there was something really remarkable that happened in the days leading up to Joanne passing, actually the months. From time to time, she and I would talk about, you know, what kind of a service she wanted to have. And let's not be mistaken, she did not want to have something that was online. Eventually she said to me, what will you do if I die during COVID? And I was like, I don't know, we'll have a memorial online. And she was like, you promise? And I said, I promise. We will do something. Um, and I'm happy to say that we kept that promise. But um, but it wasn't wasn't the be all end all, right? It wasn't wasn't exactly what she wanted, but she started making a list for me because uh, music was so important to her. She was a dancer. And she started making a list for me of music that she wanted played at her service. I think we ended up with 23 songs that she gave me. And I was like, Joanne, you, you don't want me to throw a memorial. You want me to throw a concert. Um, and, and we weren't able to play all of the music in the memorial because, you know, 23 songs, we wanted people to speak. We didn't, we didn't have the time. Um, but we were able to play quite a bit of the music that she had asked. Um, in fact, all of the songs in the memorial were things that she specifically asked for, which made it even more moving for me. But there was one exception. And that was because there's an amazing, young, talented young man, uh, Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter Lonnie Park. And Joanne adored him, thought that he was something special, because he is. And um, she got to know him, and he performed at, at several events for her. And she, she just was a huge fan of his and then became a friend of his. And when we told Lonnie that Joanne had passed, he did what artists do. He expressed himself the only way that like made sense to him. He wrote a song for her, which would have tickled her to no freaking end, right? I mean, we should all make sure that we make friends with, with a Grammy-nominated artist so that they can write a song for us when we die because this is the most beautiful thing that I have ever heard. And, and Lonnie was so sweet and he said, do whatever you need to do with this. So we actually made three separate slideshows um, because there were so many parts of her life. So we made one about her as a dancer and we made one about her as an advocate um, because she was tireless. And... Um, and we put it to Lonnie's song, which is called A Song for Joanne. And what we want to do right now is play it for you right now. This is the video, Joanne the Advocate. And it is, um, the song is called, again called A Song for Joanne. And it is written and performed by Lonnie Park. Take a look. Okay, Ben. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. We did this so well during the show. Traven, I don't think it's playing. Yeah, no, it's it's not. I don't know what that was. <laughs> give me one second. And I thought my mic was muted. I was like, we did this a million times during the show, and it works so beautifully. And then we go to do it on our show during the memorial. It works so beautifully. And we go to do it on our show. And it's, it's like, so not happening. All right. Well, um, I'll try it one, once again. Okay. Thank you, Traven. There we go. Like the earth without a moon 
where tides are so confused, and so am I. A world without you seems like midnight when it's noon, 'cause our sun has set too soon and took the light. But in this moment of darkness, where time is standing still. We pause in full reflection of the place that you once filled. In this silence, I can hear you say, "Take this torch from me and light the world for those I've helped in need. They are my legacy." everybody um so that was one of the videos that we played at joanne's memorial and want to remind everybody that you can donate to keep her legacy alive um at www.autismworksnow.org uh this is my husband jim miller and Hello. uh look at, looking like uh a mountain man i didn't mean to look like this much like santa claus either put around a red shirt <laughs> I didn't think about that. Happy early COVID Christmas. There we go. Um, and now, like, I know that there are people who are like, you know, who's she married to? What kind of person is it? And what is their relationship like? You can see it right here. That's right. Uh, I was so, clean shaven when this thing began. He wasn't. He wasn't. But there was a time when he was clean shaven. But uh, he has a very interesting job, his day job now. Um, so it's still kind of secretive, I, is it? I, I it know. is kind of secretive. So, uh but but okay, what can we it say? It involves a theme park. That's it involves, all I say. involves a theme park and wizards. Let's say that. There you go. Um, so there we have it. Uh, we're saying hi to Bonnie and we're sa saying hi to Humeira. I hope I have, I've said that correctly. Uh, Bonnie says, oops, 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 oops. I can't wait. Bonnie says, we've decided to homeschool our six-year-old because he will not tolerate a mask for seven hours straight. Plus, he has learned in two months what he has not learned in two school seasons. But we are not teachers, so it will be hard, plus the school district. And I don't have the rest of your comment there, Bonnie. Maybe Traven can send that to me. Um, but I think a lot of us are making that choice, Bonnie. Um, uh, it, 
so I, I applaud you for making the decision now. I know that some people are saying I'm going to wait as it gets a little bit closer, but um, I know we've made the decision that our son is going to continue to do distance learning, even though the school thinks that they thinks that they're going to do a little bit of hybrid, um, you know, and that's great. And if that works out wonderful, but for the fall, anyway, we're going to, we're going to start with distance learning ourselves. Um, I would say that also sounds like you're a great teacher. I mean, you're yeah. not classically trained or, you know, all the, don't talk to me about math, but, but I think every, every parent, you know, you know, that's one of your, your main skills is you need to learn is just to be a teacher. And what I love that about- sounds like you're doing great. Yeah, and what I love about this time is that the internet is, is so filled with things to help you, um, whether it's Pinterest. I mean, I find the greatest things on Pinterest for teaching tools. Um, and, you know, I mean, this stuff is available. And yes, if you were able to teach him more in two months than he learned in two years, I'm with my husband, you're a good teacher. Um, also, Humera says, my son has learned a lot during the lockdown. We've said from the beginning that there's an opportunity here. Um, and, you know, if you take advantage of it, all kinds of good things. Now, there are people who need support. Um, honey, I told the story. You're not going <laughs> to <laughs> right be I'm out of here. Right, <laughs> right before we came on, I was we I was telling them the story about do you remember when we went to clinic one time and every time that Jen would go pee in the potty, we would be like, Yay. Yeah, yeah. And that that we were supposed to do that too. I, I know the story. You know the story. So I told the story. I said he would not be thrilled with me about it. But look, he's got a good <laughs> sense of humor. Uh okay, Yay. so and hopefully Traven has sent me the rest of this. Hi, my son, uh, six years old, just nailed toilet training. There you go. <laughs> During the day, two weeks ago, due to the wonderful efforts of our BCBA, she spent five hours with him on Thursday, and the next day, my hub, hubby duplicated her protocol on Friday and over the weekend, and then hopefully, uh, Traven was able to send me the rest. I don't have the rest of it, but it sounds like you guys got it done, and it, you know, it's amazing yeah. because once you have that done, then, then that's like you still have to do a little bit in the coming weeks and make sure that you, you know, take a timer. What a great day that is. What a great day it is. <laughs> yeah. But I will tell you that very soon, and I, you, it sounds like you've got a, uh, on at BCBA, very soon you need to have him make sure that he doesn't just pee in one toilet, right? That if you have the opportunity, I know we're all social distancing, but if, you know, if there's a good friend that will let you come over and have him pee in their bathroom, or if there's a store that you trust, I don't know, you want to glove up well, but we want to make sure that they generalize to all toilets and not just the one toilet at home. Um, absolutely. Love. I asked them what their favorite song was today, honey. And somebody wrote oh. it and said forever by Chris Brown. Um, and I don't, I have to say that I don't know that I know that song, but what's your favorite song while I'm scrolling through here? Honey? Oh gosh. Just, just in general. Yeah. Just in general. Uh, Brandy by looking glass. Oh, there we go. Cause we, I'm old. Cause I was just going to say, cause you're old parts. <laughs> I'm a seventies classic rock <laughs> pop. <guy. laughs> uh, but he's not in his seventies. Let's be clear about that. He's, I just call him my seventies <laughs> dude. <laughs> Late thirties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good Let's laugh. See, <laughs> this is why I love this man. Uh, he's a funny, funny, really funny man. Okay, so we've got the rest of uh, the other comment about the potty training. Um, so uh, spent, she spent five hours with him on Thursday. The next day, my hubby duplicated her protocol on Friday and over the weekend, he started doing it on his own. In just a couple of days, he went from wearing diapers all day to self-initiating using the toilet and not soiling his under underwear. Woohoo! Yes. Isn't that funny? We were making the same noise and we weren't even able to see it. Uh, <laughs> it's well, I, but that's just like such a big day. But here's the really fun thing is that it's, I think it's like a lot of things in life that, you know, like you worked and worked and you were like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And now it happened. And now you're just going to go on to other things. And that's always going to be there. Like nobody can take that away from him. That's just always going to be there. And, and you'll look back at it. You'll go, oh yeah, there was a time when we weren't like, you know, he wasn't high and then he was right. And it just becomes a part of your life. All the, all the early, early accomplishments. I remember the first time, you know, when he, we were like, oh, was he ever going to say, I love you? And oh my yeah. God. Yeah. When it happens, it's amazing. Yeah. 
I remember the friend who called me up and said that, you know, she was in tears and, and she was telling me that her neurotypical son was, had thrown a tantrum and was mad at her and she took something away from him. And he said, I hate you. And he stormed off to his bedroom and she was just crying about it. And I was like, oh, that's really hard. That's really, uh, and, she, and, and she was like, you're not really selling that. And I said, well, you know, I don't mean to be this way, but it's great that he can express himself and he doesn't really hate you. And it's not the end of his world or your world. And, and she was like, what do you mean? And I said, the day that my son says, I hate you and stomps off to his room, I'm going to be so excited because it means that, you know, it means he's doing perspective taking because kids say that to hurt your feelings. So it mm -hmm. means that he That's will, right. he will be saying, he'll be telling a lie um, to get a rise out of me, which will mean that he's made great progress in his life. And won't that be great? And the fact, if he yeah. is able to say, I hate you, then he's able to say, I love you. And she said, oh, you're not going to celebrate on that day. And the first time he said it, I was like, amen. You know, the first time he told a lie, the first time he swore. Right, it's all like, like all a these blessing weird, in disguise. Right, all these weird yeah. things that other parents would be like, that's just terrible. And 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 we were like, woo, you know, we're getting there. We're absolutely getting there. Uh, okay. So I also love um, that Bonnie had said, because uh, we didn't hear the rest of her comment, uh, the school district only allowed him 15 minutes of general education. So because two consecutive budget cuts in the school district, he has not, he has not been taken to general ed because they do not have more staff to be with him. He has not learned social skills in school. Ha he has learned some with his younger uh, four years old sister. I see. So I just want to say to you that, um, Here's the thing about IEPs is that they're a legal document and there are no dollar signs on an IEP. There are no like cost measures. It's what your child is, is entitled to the free appropriate public education. So if it is in your IEP that he's supposed to get 15 minutes of general education and they don't give it to him and they say, well, we don't have staff for it then they have to give you compensatory education because they are in, they are out of compliance with your IEP. So just, you know, I don't even know at this point whether you want to deal with them with that because sometimes that's not the battle that's worth it. Um, but, you, you know, if it's in that document, doesn't matter whether they can afford it or not. It doesn't matter if the principal has to walk him over. Somebody has to do it or they have to give you something in exchange if it, if it w was in any way something that prevented him from getting education, which clearly if he was entitled to 15 minutes of gen ed and that was part of his socialization, then you know maybe they have to pay for a social skills class or something that you can do online. Up to you whether you want to fight it, right? There were times- Yeah, you got to choose your battles, like yeah. you say, but, uh, but you got to fight the battles. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't let um, it go by, right? There were a lot of times where we were faced with moments where it was like something would happen that wasn't right. It seemed like that happened so often um, that we were constantly in this fight mode with, you know, not just the school district, but, you know, the state and all these other things that were going on. And we really, at a certain point, there were, there were things that we said, okay, we're just not going to fight that. Some of them, I'm glad that we didn't fight. A couple of times it came back to bite us on the, the high knee. And we were like, ah, oh, we should have, we should have done something then. Uh, in one case, there was one person who, uh, I have to be very careful what I say, but there was a person who worked on our case in the school district who we, we caught them um, lying. I'm just gonna say that. It's the truth and it's a matter of public record. So if they come after me, then there's absolutely nothing they can do. We caught somebody lying, falsifying a document. And I had an opportunity in that moment to do something about it. And even had, uh, you know, someone who was authorized to do something about it. who was like, what do you want to do about this? And I said, I really just don't want to waste time on this. I want to do what's best for our child. I, you know, I, I would, I would like for the school district to deal with it and, you know, make sure that this person is, you know, whatever you do, like censure or not, I don't know. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to care. I just, I don't want for, you know, she is cheese down there. <laughs> licking my, <laughs> licking my foot. Yeah. So I'm just, uh... we have a dog who now, and now he's moved over is licking my, my calf. Um, so 
but the, so I let it go. I said, I, I like, I, you know, she knows what she did. We all know what she did. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. Um, and then it was like, I don't know, two years later that a parent called me and was having a problem in an IEP. And, and I was like, so who are the players? And it was that person. And I was like, mm, I should have, mm. you know, I should have said something, done something, made sure of, um, so that somebody else didn't have to deal with this. And I felt really, really bad about that, but you do what you have to when you have to, right? Let's take a look at what other people here are saying. Uh, somebody said, yeah, I love when my son tries to be sneaky and hide his phone from me, right? Because <laughs> even though it's maddening, um, but it's a, it's a good sign because all the perspective taking for him to know that you're going to be upset about the phone. Oh, it's higher level. Um, yeah. great stuff. Uh, I just think to myself, oh, and they say the child's name, you're doing stuff your typical peers do, and that is okay with me. Still got a hand over the phone, but I love it. Oh, I absolutely love that too. Um, so I was talking before about uh, some of the things that we went through, um, and the topic this week is about running your own race and not comparing. I think you're better at that than I am. I think you don't, you don't buy into all the drama that I buy into. Like you're not, I don't think you ever, but tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think you ever were looking at it and going, well, why can this kid do this? And, and Jem can't, I don't like, was that going on in your head? I think it was. I just think that I, you know, I keep things to myself because I'm a guy, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I know I do. It's and uh, but um, I mean, we know people who you know where we yeah. You just can't. It's hard not to you know. Compare, yeah, I mean, but that's the whole spectrum. Is is like you know. Yeah. And and first, stuff. there's comparing with your friends who have neurotypical kids, right? right? That I mean, that happens. Uh, but then later on, when we were more entrenched in the autism community, I think that we judge our, our kids against other kids in the autism community right? And, and what they're doing. But if you, I didn't see that hanging you up at all. So if you were having those thoughts, it wasn't, wasn't making you miserable or was it? No, I mean, I, we have some, so much to be happy, you know, so many blessings to count. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, you know, I always remember to do that. But, but there were times, you guys. Well, we had times. We oof. certainly had financial times. Oh. And, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we got through it. We got through it together. Yeah, we sure did. I and picked the, the greatest <laughs> <laughs> autism warrior mama ever. But, you know, you I, know, I say a lot of nice things about you behind your back. And one of them is that um give me a few uh yeah well that <laughs> yeah well one of them definitely is that I, I meet so many parents where they'll say well I really want to do this um you know I I really want to do intensive ABA but my spouse doesn't want to do it they don't believe in it they don't you know they won't get involved they you know and I always am so grateful because you were gung-ho from the beginning, um, which is not to say that we never like had a moment where we were like, wait a second, you know, or, or in, we weren't completely in accord every single minute because that doesn't happen for anybody, but you were so supportive. And, and very early on, we sort of worked it out, yeah. like what was our list of what was important. Um, and I remember, we called it the manifesto and, and the first time we did the manifesto that the single most important thing on it was us keeping him employed so that we could keep a roof over our heads. And even that got sketchy uh, at a certain point, but that we were going to keep him employed and that gems therapy came second on the list. And then, then there were like a whole bunch of things down the road, but there was a moment when my husband's an actor and there was a moment when, I don't know if you even remember, because that's the other thing is like, you let go of stuff. You don't, and I just like live in all the memories of everything. Um, we were doing everything we could to make money. He had applied to be on a game show. So there was one crazy week where you were on a game show 
and he had to go for what two or three days out to the desert to do a role in a movie um and it was all in the same week because that's life right and the game show thing i think you had to go there one day and you were there for eight hours and then um and then you had to go another time and you didn't get home until like what 4 30 in the morning when on that night i don't even remember that when i remember oh the, man is it a different Thing? uh the game show yeah the, when you were on by yourself not when we were on, we were on a game show together we did not do yeah, well don't look it up <laughs> <laughs> we did not do well at all we won't tell you which one uh, we won't tell you which one because it was not good um but <laughs> it we was, just didn't do well <laughs> oh it was bad 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 um but anyway uh it was when you were on the other game show yeah so and you came home at like four o'clock in the one morning. versus 100 you can Okay, so you can look him up on that show. So anyway, it was a crazy, crazy week. And I remember at a certain point in the week when he realized how much he was going to be away from home and that, you know, I was going to be like not have because we would tag team all the time. And he was like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do one of these things. And I was like, wait a second, let's pull out the manifesto. And the manifesto says first most important thing is that, you know, you're making money that keeps us with the roof over our head. And I'm, and the second most important thing is Jem's getting his therapy. And the truth of the matter is, is that these two things are not like mutually exclusive. You can go to the desert for two days and I can keep the therapy going. And, and it just made it so much easier. And I felt better. I don't, I don't even know if you remember that conversation, but I think you felt better and you were like, oh, okay, I'm going to the desert. I'm doing the movie. Yeah. Um, and he was I, I I remember you coming in because I slept on the couch waiting for you from the game show and he came in and um it was like a scene from a movie because he came in and I woke up and he was standing there and he was like oh you know and acting all like uh like sad like it had, it had not gone well and then how much did you win you won like forty four hundred dollars like four and four thousand four thousand yeah. dollars and that we were we, which was a lot it was a lot moment. of money in that moment and it meant everything <laughs> in the world to us so we were jumping and screaming and yelling at four o'clock in the morning uh, over four thousand dollars it was great i just constantly uh you know i got one um okay uh we have somebody says uh we would rather use our energy now to teach him one-on-one -on -one than battle with people that do not have his best interest. Man, I applaud you and being so clear on that. Thank you so much for your input. You guys are beautiful couple and great parents. I don't, I don't, <laughs> but I know those things. <laughs> I don't think I would describe us necessarily as beautiful. And, sure I, we are. and are we, and, um, <laughs> and occasionally we have our moments as parents, but there will be no mother or father of the year award, maybe father of the year, but that's I'm right. not getting a mother of the year award. I'm Ryan we, Reynolds and you're Blake Lively. That's exactly it We're right beautiful. here. Uh, 15 minutes is 15 <laughs> minutes of valuable learning. Um, it is. I'm with Tammy about the other, the parent who wasn't getting their 15 minutes of uh, gen ed. That's valuable stuff right there. So if you want to fight for it, but listen, you can't, you can't always. I love that phrase that they taught us in, in like eighth grade history about, uh, you know, uh, that you can't win a land war in Asia because you're fighting on two fronts, that whole thing that the, you know, there's a whole thing uh, about that. And so sometimes you just have to go, I can't fight everybody, uh, right? I was telling them earlier about how we got kicked out of that group with the parents. Oh, right. And we got kicked out of the YMCA because our son had autism. We got kicked out of, we got kicked out of stuff. Um, and we fought what we could, not what we could. Uh, well, and, and Bonnie said it, the 15 minutes is not valuable if it's not being given. But I think the point that the other person is making, Bonnie, is that that 15 minutes had value and legally you were entitled to it and they didn't give it to you. So they can't act like nothing happened. You can, you can decide I have better things like you have. I have better things to do with my time than fight with you people who don't have my child's best interests at heart. Um, that is totally your decision. But the truth of the matter is, is that there is a value to those, those minutes, um, a monetary value, you know? Um, but you can't always, you can't always fight. No land war in Asia. It's already 11 o'clock. I can't believe we're out of time. Uh, I barely let you speak. Can I say one thing? You can say whatever you want. Because I can't, I just can't ever come on and not thank uh, Card mm -hmm. and their amazing therapists. Because that's, you know. Where would we have been without okay, them? Exactly. Man, 
I don't so, even like to think about it. Thank you for thinking about it. Of course. You know, uh, I think of it every day. Yes, no kidding, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, all right, you guys, we unfortunately are out of time and I actually have another meeting that's starting right now, it's telling uh, me. Um, but we hope that you guys are having a great week this week. It is a holiday week and sometimes that's extra hard. Uh, so, there, yeah. yeah, sometimes it's hard because you don't have the services that you have normally ask, ask if you can have more. The worst that can happen is that you can be told no, right? Um, so I think it's worthwhile to ask. And I hope that you will find some time. I think the best thing that we did was that not every day, but many days when the last therapist would leave for the day, we would put on music and we would dance for just one minute with us, with our kiddo. And that's the happiest thing I remember about those years yeah. is that I wish we still did that now. And occasionally we do every mm -hmm. once in a while we do, but just not as often as we did back then. So find time to celebrate uh, your family because as we've learned through all of this family is everything, right? Uh, we appreciate this time with you. Thank you so much for filling My in. Pleasure. Thanks for this was me. really delightful. And just happened to be <laughs> walking by. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had to pull you out of several important meetings. <laughs> I actually, that's, that's that a little bit true. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for being here. And uh, please, if you can donate to Joanne's charities, uh, autismworksnow.org. We're back tomorrow with a wonderful author of children's books. Uh, Sarah, Do uh, Sarah Bradford, excuse me, is going to be here, but her uh, pen name is SJ Childs and she writes children's books that often are just for kiddos who have different needs. And I think you'll be, you guys will be really delighted to see her on the show. And we'll be back then. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Yeah. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. I got the last word in. <laughs>